over there, there, trying not to stare, but you like what you see. Moon walking on the air, yeah, it ain't even fair, so on top of the beat. Better listen up, we about to make it happen. So hot, we burn it up. We just can't get enough. Get down now, have some fun, cause we about to make it, we about to make it happen. so energetic mother nature making it happen across the country here we have snow beautiful snow really is it that beautiful i think so well let me let me ask you a question first of all today it's it's raining on top of the snow so you have patches of of snow oh you're such a downer and then when it did snow two (laughs) days ago which was beautiful right i mean we got like six inches of snow and then followed by a little bit of rain but the next day were you out there shoveling? No. Were you out there with the snowblower? No. Were you out there with the snowblower hitting the garden area and throwing <laughs> dirt 20 feet in the air? No, but I did bring you out something cool to drink because I saw your face was bright red. It's you were cold out there outside. With your it's jacket it's open. 20 degrees outside. Your jacket was open. I know. You know why? Because I was sweating. I, <laughs> I, needed, know. I needed to cool down. I know. And it's it, bad. And, and then you come out there and say, I'm concerned about you. I, I don't want you working so hard. I mean, first of all, I mean, how emasculating. Just because I have an I aneurysm that, that could pop at any given moment and I can bleed out within, I think it, the I think the statistics are 12 seconds. I didn't say that. You know, I mean, it's... Don't put words into my mouth. It's like when our kids were young and they were off from school because we had snow and you would say, oh, don't wake them up to help you get rid of the snow. They, they should be allowed to sleep. Yeah, I think kids should have sleep in snow days oh when they're God. young. Oh, my God. You when may young. use the kids when they're young because you're never going to get the, the ability to do it again as an adult. I know, but the hardships of life come soon enough. I'm sure they both, all three of them, well, no, probably only two, have shoveled their fair share of snowy walkways and driveways. Well, which day. two? The two younger ones. The older one lives in a warm climate. He does, but you know, he did. I don't think he's seen snow in a while. No, but he did grow up uh, where we got real snowstorms. Yeah, but he didn't shovel. He did. They would come out and help me. Really? Yes. What a good dad. By the way, pre-you, they would come out and help me. As soon as you and I got together. I'm the bad influence. You were the one that said, oh, leave the kids alone. I'm the evil stepmother. Let the kids be lazy. I want to wish a belated happy birthday to my old friend, David Bowie. He would have turned 77 yesterday. Still pretty young. January 8th. Wow. Yeah. And you know what was interesting? And I'm a numbers person. I always find numbers fascinating. He was born on January 8th in, I think it was 1947. He died on January 10th, 2016. I know people that were born and died on the same day. Do you really? Yeah, it's kind of wild. You know, 77, I thought growing up that would be like, oh my God, can you can you make it to 77? Because it just seemed so old. Hopefully. Right? <laughs> and, and my father died at 76. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was kind of getting up there. But as I'm getting closer to those numbers, 
they look really young to me. Well, David Bowie had to change his name. His birth name was David Robert Jones. And when he realized that he had some talent and he wanted to get into the music industry, there was another famous singer who would soon become the lead vocalist for a band called The Monkees, whose name was David Jones. Oh, Davy Jones. I yes. never thought of him as David. So he changed his name to David Bowie. And I think the Bowie reference has something to do with the Alamo, Texas and the Alamo, if I remember correctly. So the reason I'm mentioning David Bowie today, aside from the fact that I worked with him during the Serious Moonlight Tour, which uh, I think it was 1983 maybe, is because in France... In the beautiful city of Paris, they've dedicated a street to him, Rue David Bowie. Paris was a place that he loved. France, the country, was a place that he loved. His first performance outside of the United Kingdom was in 1965, and it was in Paris. He had a lasting impact on music, obviously fashion, theatrics, popular culture, that the French just adored about him. I believe one of his albums was recorded in France. Maybe it was Pinups. I'm not sure, but I think that, that he recorded that album in France. So they decided to pay tribute to him, name a street after him, which is strategically placed between two modern office buildings. And one of his fans who appeared at the dedication on Monday said, I wish that this street were in a neighborhood so that I could live on David Bowie Street or Rue David Bowie. We miss you, my friend. Obviously, his name will live on. And he's got a street named after him. Very cool. That is very cool. Would you like a street named after you, Leo? I don't know. I don't know what I would have to do. You need to either be famous or infamous. Mm. Sure. I would definitely like a street named after me, and I would like all my ex-girlfriends to live on that street. (laughs) Just so every day when they go out... And I want street signs up and down the entire street. Do you want it called Street, Boulevard, Avenue? Any preference? Yeah, Leo Desmond Avenue. (laughs) And I want park benches on there that have, you know, like at the bus stops with the lawyer advertisements. I want, you're living on Leo Desmond Avenue. That is so funny. This is a terrifying story. You love hiking, and I love airing episodes of our old show where we talk about hikers and the precarious positions that they get themselves into. A lot of them died in those old stories. It's true. Well, there was a story that came out maybe over the weekend. A 46-year-old woman hiking in the Adirondack Mountains. Now, apparently she's an experienced hiker. And let's let everybody know, the Adirondacks are uh, a a mountain range uh, in New York State. Apparently there are 46 high peaks in the Adirondack range. And she has scaled all of them. Well, okay. Okay. So she's been doing this a while. She went on a hike. Maybe it was the day after Christmas or something like that. And it was pretty cold. She's in New York State. Fell down through a steep snowfall while she was hiking and grabbed on to a tree. Did you hear this story? No. Okay. So she grabbed onto a small spruce tree, which was the only thing that kept her from going over the cliff. Wow, okay. 
I'm assuming she had a cell phone. She managed to put out a 911. I think that was around 5.30 in the evening. The rangers told her to stay put. Stay like, put. Where, what where, are you going to do? Gonna go, right? go? And they would come to rescue her. They didn't get to her till 1.30 in the morning. She used all of her energy, obviously, to hold on to this tree. It was windy. It was snowy. This is it like on about, a, cl- a cliff? I yeah. Mean- it was about 30 degrees. And what they advised her to do was continue to move around while right, she yeah. was holding on to the tree. Mm-hmm. So she was doing the best she could to kind of wiggle around and there's a balance of pulling a tree at the roots oh out God. versus not oh uh, moving around like my weight uh they would have found me in a crumpled heap at the bottom <laughs> well they finally reached her at 1 in the morning uh, apparently she had had warm clothing on so sure. that's part of what helped but don't hike alone i i mean this is... i know but you know experienced hikers they think oh you know i've done just about everything there is to do on these mountains, and I know my way around and what could happen. But go on slip to like and fall and hikerdater.com or something hiker like that. And, well, and we covered find, that. <laughs> find somebody that will hike with you. We covered that, remember? Oh, so funny. So you said something to me, I think it was this morning, and I'm trying to remember what it was. You said something like. You don't remember things I tell you, do you? No, I, I do. Mean, is it Alzheimer's or just no, neglect? I, no, I do remember. You said something like, I just wanted to make sure I didn't screw that up. What was that about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you used goop. Gwyneth yes. Paltrow's goop. Yes. An uh, unsolicited testimonial. Goop seems to be coming in every week. I mean, how much goop do you need? <laughs> uh, and there was a box that was still in the garage. That's and I right. thought I for- forgot to bring it in and that it was That's just right. sitting in the garage freezing over. Well, Brad Falchuk, who is married to Gwyneth Paltrow. What's his last name? Falchuk. F-A-L-C-H-U-K. Okay. I can only think of some things that rhyme with it that go with Gwyneth. Do you know who he is? First of all, he's gorgeous. No, I have no idea who he is. He co-created Glee. The the TV show Glee? Okay. And that's how he met Gwyneth. She was a substitute teacher in one of the episodes Her name was Holly Holiday, and that's how she and Brad met. They fell in love, they got married, and the rest is history. How sweet. So they've been married a few years, maybe seven or eight years. I'm I'm not positive about that. You can look that up. But he used to cook for Gwyneth at the beginning of their relationship. I think he's telling this to People magazine. He doesn't like to do it anymore because she watches him in the kitchen. He said, I can feel her eyes on me. The way I'm chopping or the way I'm frying, and he's just too uncomfortable. He's afraid. Oh, of he's course. He's going to screw it up. Of course. So of course he's afraid. He doesn't cook for her anymore. So well, there you go. Can, let me share, and I'm sure they can afford let me share a the most story amazing chefs on the planet. But With everyone. Well, you know, look, stars and celebrities, they, they cook at home. They, they don't all have chefs that, that are infringing on their private time together that's true you know what they what they do sometimes and i remember one of my girlfriends in vero beach got a job maybe lasted about three months cooking for a famous celebrity who used to come to vero in the winter and what she would do was get a list of menu items that this person wanted and she would prepare them ahead of time 
when he was coming to visit and leave containers of prepared foods in the refrigerator for him so that when he got there, all he had to do was heat something up or take it out of the fridge and eat it cold. So sometimes people have chefs for hire that come in, follow a meal plan, make your, your foods, and just stock your fridge with everything so that when you get there... It's all there for you. Well, you don't do. have to do any preparation at all. Now, can I get back to the story I was trying yes, to tell? Yes, of course. What do you do at our house when you, you'll say to me, can you do this or can you do that? Having to do with cooking, which normally you don't. You normally keep me as far away from, from that as possible, <laughs> That's right? That's not true. <laughs> uh, but what do you do? You say, all right, I need, I need you to cook this or I need you to you know, prepare this or whatever. And then as I'm cooking it, mm-hmm. you will come over. You will start stirring it. You will, while I'm standing there. I'll say you, you should turn the heat you will down turn a the, little bit. No, no, you will turn the heat down after I just turned it up. Right? I mean, this is it, going to burn. It, it's, it's like total interference. It's true. I, I mean, to where, th- this, is so like, this is like why I don't decorate Christmas trees. I'm so sorry. I mean, the whole Christmas tree thing, you ruined for me years ago when, when every ornament, and I mean, literally every ornament, that I would put up or the kids would put up. That's not you true. Would, you would move. You would move them. I am a perfectionist, however, and I do love to cook. And if I know that the garlic is going to burn and ruin the entire meal, yes, I come in and I just turn it down a little bit. Per- and why per- isn't that okay? Perhaps it wouldn't ruin it the way I was cooking why it. Perhaps we don't okay? need your interference. <laughs> Either do it yourself or let someone do it oh for you. I remember when I was buying Le Creuset pans mm-hmm. on eBay. Do you remember that? I do. Because I wanted the, the nice cast iron stuff. And what did you say to me? First of all, you were you were kind of excited about the idea of them. The oh, co- I didn't the, want the used cookware. You didn't want used cookware. Yeah. And what did I say to you then? Every restaurant that you go into, that cookware has been used a thousand times. I know, but who knows what they're cooking? What if they were cooking meth in that pot? Well, maybe then you're going to have a happy meal. (laughs) That's why they call it a happy meal. Speaking of meals, if you like drinking bottled water, you better rethink it. After this latest study came out, you read this. It scared you, right? uh, I I saw the headline and then I read part of it. You know, some articles are just, what is it, uh, too long to read? Too long to read. What does that even mean? All right, what was the gist of it? The gist of it was apparently the the old studies showed that uh, there was substantially less micro and nanoplastics. Now, all of a sudden, now there's nanoplastics that that are leaching into whatever. And I assume, by the way, they mentioned water, but I assume it's uh, all sodas and and every other product that's in. Well, wait till you hear this. This is going to blow you away. Scientists at Columbia University using sophisticated imaging technology have discovered that 90% of the plastics that they found in a liter of water, and they use three different popular brands of bottled water, okay? Okay. They're not mentioning which ones. Found nanoplastics, which are microscopic flecks that are so small that we absorb them into our cells yeah, and the tissues that. of our body. So this is the real concern now. They're saying that in this study that was published on Monday, the researchers have discovered that the quantity of these particles 
is 10 to 100 times greater than what was previously estimated. This is an article coming from the LA Times. But is it just the water bottles? Is, is it a specific type of plastic or is it all plastics? The study was determining what was found in bottled water coming in plastic bottles. Right. Part of the study was to try and determine how much indoor and outdoor air we breathe that has plastic particles in it. Okay. When you launder synthetic clothing or just have tires on your cars when you're driving on the highway with the windows open, the breaking down of automobile tires and the laundering of synthetic clothes are two of the largest sources of airborne plastics around us all the time, breathing it in all the time, getting into our body and affecting our health. Also, plastic packaging for food. How many times do you get a microwavable meal and you just throw it in there in the plastic package? The plastic breaks down in the microwave oven. I know. And leaches into the food. And then you ingest it. I remember when you stopped drinking plastic bottled water. I did. You stopped coughing. That's true. And, and you know, but look, I, I've, I've thrown the plastics in there in the microwave. I, I, how much longer do we, are we going to live? I mean, you know, what, what are we <laughs> going to try to get to 150 and have no quality of life? I mean. <laughs> so what the heck, right? Well, everything that you're eating apparently now has plastics in it. Fish have plastics in yeah. it. They have, they have microplastics. Yep. Nanoparticles. Uh, it, it, it's, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Now, I know that you have some things on your mind today. You were actually itching to get on the air today. You said there were things you needed to talk about. I'm all ears. Well, I thought we were going to do an updated segment on making time for sex. So I, I guess maybe that will be our next show. Okay. But in within that realm, mm. <laughs> within that realm. Can we rehearse we, first? We can rehearse, <laughs> yes. Uh, I would love very much to rehearse. Oh, God. Uh, one of the things I was going to talk about with that segment, but I'll talk about it now, was we had talked about New Year's resolutions. And I hate making New Year's resolutions. I know you do. Uh, only because You don't I, like being pinned down. <laughs> it depends on who's pinning me down <laughs> um, and where. Uh, no, for how long? Well, yeah. But no, I uh, have a, a resolution that I want for both of us. Oh, I'm included in you're, this. You're included. You, you have to be included in it. And I only say this because it goes into, in Making Time for Sex, part one now, I guess it will be called. Um, no, part two. No, I meant the first part. We, we talked about, which are you talking about? The first part or the second part? <laughs> okay. okay let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the first part first. We talked about the television interrupted was, was one of the main alone time. causes yeah. of, of mm -hmm. interruption to alone time. Mm-hmm. We just watched, we, we got completely hooked on a show that aired in 2013 called The Americans. We talked about this. And we did. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And, and the and, ending, oh and my we, God. And we just, and we just finished You uh, have to watch it if you seasons. haven't seen it. Now, we watched this for three to four hours a night. We did. We were addicted. My goal this year, my resolution, is that we stop totally binge-watching shows because they mm. become overwhelming i mean like it'll be 11 o'clock at night and we'll have to be in the office in the morning and we'll say oh one more because you want <laughs> you you can't wait to see what happens with the next episode because they've know. they've set it up like that the cliffhangers so 
that's my resolution for this year is, is first of all, to, to be more disciplined, at least set a time. If, you're, if we're going to be watching a, a show, and, and since we stream, we tend to find a show and then watch that show through the uh, entire uh, series. It's true. But we got to stop. I mean, we can't go on till midnight just watching shows and then until we're falling asleep doing it. We need, we need our alone time, for one, and we need some realistic cutoff time. I, and I think, you know, at one point we decided that at 10 o'clock at night we were cutting off the TV in the family room and we were going to go up to get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that means I'm asleep by 10, 15, and you're up till like midnight <laughs> doing whatever you Reading. do in the bathroom, uh, you know. <laughs> but that is my resolution, which will help on the finding time for each other but it, it's overwhelming. I mean, some of the shows become so emotionally draining. It's true. That you go to bed upset. I do. I'm not in the mood. You know, you like violence. And so we'll watch this horrific movie with shooting and blood. And oh, my God, it's so intense. And then you'll say, well, Good you want to go upstairs? Yeah. And I'm so upset that I don't even know what to do with myself. I have to make a cup of tea, and I have to calm down, and I have to try to get all those images out of my head. Well, I'm trying to help you do something with yourself. Oh, that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it. I have to be in the mood. And watching a bloody battle on television does not get me in the mood. There's so few action comms out there. Don't you know that by now? What would it be? Rom, Rom action? rom-coms well there's rom-coms but i'm, I'm thinking more lines of how, how do we combine you know bloody mix with romance if people are being murdered and it's graphic forget it the night's spent we might as well finish watching the film and i'll go upstairs and lie in bed for two to three hours reading news stories just to calm myself by, down. By the way, that are mostly probably violent or bad no, news. No, no. I read all my design magazines, oh, Architectural Digest, God. and all those wonderful All right. Ones. So our, our New Year's resolution, at least for me, is try to encourage both of us to stop the total binge watching so that we have some time for each other. I really appreciate that, Leo. And just leave me alone at this stove. I mean, <laughs> if you ask me to cook something, get away from me. How are we on time? Oh, I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> 27 minutes. Okay. Well, speaking of relationships, you and I have both asked listeners to submit questions that have to do with their relationships. And a question came in for you. Oh, good luck with that one. Okay. <laughs> you ready? I am ready. Hi, Leo. I have been dating this guy for almost five years, and our relationship is pretty solid. Well, wait a minute. I, I've already heard the, the red flag there. Five I'm, years? That's what, that's what this person is saying. Okay. I want to get married, but so far he hasn't popped the question. We are both 32, and I want to have children. Should I stay or should I go? Wow. 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 Mm. Wow. Okay. Be careful now. Whatever you say could shape this young person's life forever and ever. Okay. No well, pressure. No pressure. I mean, <laughs> first, has it ever been spoken about? I mean, this is, you know, we don't always have enough information in these questions. That's true. But 
first of all... Should she be giving hints? Should she be giving hints? Assuming it's a she. Well, yeah. Lucky for that person, mm-hmm. this year, if it is a she, mm-hmm. you know, I just get the, I, I get the impression it's a she. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. No, but... It, it, it could be a he and they well, want to have children it, it, or he wants to have children. If it's a she, mm-hmm. it's a leap year. Uh-huh. Right, twenty twenty four is leap year, mm-hmm. so I believe uh, you can. Uh, is it Sadie Hawkins Day or something <laughs> like that? February twenty ninth. That uh, isn't that the day where traditionally women can ask men to marry them. Now you asked me to marry you, so uh, you know you can do it at any given point in time. But five years, you know, if you've been dating for five years and you haven't discussed it, then move on. Yeah, you know, move on. Well, why hasn't he popped the question? That's what would bother me. Maybe, you know, maybe. He doesn't want to marry or maybe. Or, you know, he's got to get divorced first. Five years is a long time. I, I would definitely uh, consider the uh, the move on. But then what? You know, people talk in terms of, and how many times have we heard this? I have I have all of this time invested is, is the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, is it really an investment? I mean, if it's an investment that hasn't paid off, would you would you necessarily keep it? Well, you learn a lot about yourself in relationships too, no? I normally You're don't. investing in yourself when I you're in a relationship. Anything about myself and my relationships. Is that true? I don't think I, that's I don't true. look at myself. What it oh, we should have an what is an irrespective or we should look at it, you know, we should look at our ourselves from the other person's perspective. You are who you are. They either have to like it. Or they don't. Five years, you know, my great aunts back in the day, I mean, when I was growing up, my one aunt dated like this guy for 10 or 20 years or something like that. I mm-hmm. mean, they never got married. That isn't today's day and age. Speaking of Sadie Hawkins Day, just to set our listeners straight, an American folk event, it was originated in Lil Abner. I don't know how many of you remember that comic strip, Al Cap's Lil Abner. And Sadie Hawkins Day is the day that women ask men for a date or to go dancing. Oh, not get married. Sadie Hawkins Day is now celebrated November 13th. Oh, I thought, well, what is the whole, a woman can ask a guy to marry them on February 29th? Is this something I just made up? It might be. Wow, well. There you go. We have a new holiday, Leo Desmond Day, February 29th. <laughs> Ladies, ask your guys to marry you. It, look, oh, if you God. want the answer, if you want to know where you're going to go, ask the question. Have the talk. I agree. Right? I wish you a lot of luck. Ask him. Ask him if he feels that the two of you have a future together. You know, at 32, if you are a woman and you want to have a child and you don't want to go through a surrogate, time is running out. You know, women have that biological clock tick, tick, ticking away. So we start to get that feeling in our mid-30s that it's now or never. And you're assuming that this is a male and female couple. Could be two females, could be two males. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, I don't know how how, uh, controversial you want to get today. But did you see that the Pope just uh, declared uh, that surrogacy should be banned? I did. Wow. I mean, talk about a, uh, a potential uh, ki- potential killer for uh, the birth of babies. Well, they're saying it's a mockery of motherhood, I guess. I guess God, if we're talking about the Pope and God, intended 
that women carry a child. Right, but some cannot. They I don't mean, go to another woman to carry the child for them. I mean, some cannot. I, I remember reading of a mother who carried a child for her daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you have, I guess, the celebrities that just, because they don't want to go through the body uh, debauchery that <laughs> comes with the pregnancy. Dysmorphia. Uh, that <laughs> the, uh, they just hire somebody to carry the baby for them. I mean, I can understand that where you're unwilling to do something for no reason other than uh, vanity. But it's, uh, it, that, is, that is a very bold proclamation coming from this pope who has become very understanding of issues that have normally been frowned upon by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Well, I was reading as part of that article that there are many celebrities, obviously, who don't want to take the risk that pregnancy it, might change their body shape or their it, overall a, health, whatever. Having been pregnant and having had a son, I remember, of course, in the beginning, you're ecstatic. You're pregnant. You're going to have this baby. Life is going to be wonderful. And when you start going to, to the doctors and they're testing for things, and I was older, so I was in what they called a high-risk pregnancy. I had some other issues that were going on. And so I had to be monitored. And they start talking about things like genetic predispositions. You have to have testing done to make sure that there are no genetic disorders that may already exist in your unborn child. You realize it's like you're, you're in this from beginning to end, and it could go any which way. There's no guarantee when you get pregnant that you'll have a healthy baby, that you'll have a normal pregnancy, that you'll be fine during the pregnancy and during the birth. And I don't think that part of it really hits you until you're pregnant. And you say, oh, this could happen, that could happen. Wow. Didn't know, didn't really think think that far ahead. Now, of course, we're much more in tune. There are some women, one of them, I know she's one of your faves, Kim Kardashian, Apparently, after oh, well, go back. I believe after one her of my second, <laughs> I think after her second child, she had some really rough issues with the birth of. Oh, I don't know who it was. I guess North came first. Maybe Chicago. I don't remember that. That's the I other baby's name, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Northwest was first. Then I think Chicago. That's a name. Chicago. Oh, no. Saint was second. Saint was the second child of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Saint, I think, is about eight. North is 10. And she wanted to continue to grow the family. And because of the medical issues that she had gone through with Saint's birth, she decided to go with a surrogate for Chicago who is five, and it's a girl. She's absolutely adorable. And I'm trying to think of what the youngest one is. Um, Oh, Psalm. Psalm West, who's, I think, four. She has four kids? Mm -hmm. Wow. Psalm is four. Chicago is five. Saint is eight. And North is 10. Look, I I just, I I agree with... So some people want to have babies, and they can't. Well, that's a great reason for surrogacy, but... 
to just yeah, but the church probably be, believes if God wanted you to have this gift, you know, you would be given the gift. And if not, you shouldn't be able to go to a department store and buy one. I don't mean a department store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Catholic Church has some very strict rules and regulations. Very strict. I don't know that this is a rule yet, but I mean, this was a, a very big proclamation by, mm-hmm. by the Pope. Very controversial. And he's been a very controversial Pope. Overall, in many respects, I think he's been good for the church because he's tried to humanize it a little bit more. But I don't know, people who are really religious and traditionally religious believe that those laws or rules of the church should not be tampered with. That's part of our thing on earth, right? To sacrifice. We're supposed to be sacrificing so that we get the gift at the end after we die, the big gift in the sky. Well, this is why I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person. Not anymore. The older I've gotten, the less inclined I am to accept religious teachings. But I do believe in God, and I am very spiritual. Well, you know that I'm not quite as old as you are, and, and <laughs> perhaps uh, I will be uh, as uh, cynical when I reach your age. I'm sure you will be, if not more so. Okay, you you have to end this on something a little more upbeat. I mean, this this is almost like... Well, uh, you brought you, up the Pope. This is almost like you watching uh, a, uh, an up, action movie before you, we go upstairs. You brought up I the did, Pope. I did, I did. You know, we uh, I make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, we had a we had. But a, not in the kitchen. It's had, okay to we, cook in the kitchen. We had a great story about cooking that where you interfere. We had this poor person who's Woman with somebody stuck in for a tree. five years. Oh yeah, yeah. Which basically is being stuck in a tree, holding <laughs> onto a cliff for five years now. All right, I have a great story okay. to end G- the show Give me something with. to a little more upbeat. I have a great story to end the show with. We we're talking about AI, artificial intelligence, a couple of shows back. Right. And a lot of people are very concerned about the influence that AI will have in our world. Here's one way that I think is fascinating that AI is coming into our world and providing insight into things that have happened a long time ago. There is a very well-known Renaissance painter whose name is Raphael. And he did a painting, painted a painting, a masterpiece which is in the Prado Museum, which is in Madrid, Spain. I've been there, and I've seen the painting, and it's beautiful. And if you look at this painting, it's called the Madonna della Rosa, which means the Madonna of the Rose. And in it is Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, and the infant version of John the Baptist. Now, I have a copy of it here. I'm going to show it to you. Well, let me ask you a question before you go into this. Wasn't Mary basically a surrogate for God? <laughs> uh, I mean, considering that it was she an was. immaculate conception. So, she was. Okay. Look now, at the painting. Now look at the faces in the paintings. Yeah, they're beautiful. In the painting. Right. And look at how illuminated they are. Yeah, the lighting is, is really remarkable. Look at Joseph. Yeah, he's looking down saying, you know, doesn't look anything like me. Does <laughs> Neither one of them. Oh, God. Do you exactly. See, oh, God. There we go. Do you see a difference in his face and the illumination of his face versus the other three? I, I do. And, you know, he looks like Tom Hanks in this. 
Seriously. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. Take, take a look. He looks like Tom Hanks. Doesn't he look darker and like he's in the shadows? Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, so, he's nothing in there. I mean. <laughs> that's right. It's interesting that you say nothing because for years, art experts have been saying things like the Joseph figure in the painting looks like an afterthought. Yeah. Okay. So it's well known at this point that many artists from those times, the 1400s, 1500s, they had helpers in the studio that would help them with a painting. Right, yeah. Michelangelo might paint part of something, but then one of his helpers would paint the flowers in the field or, you know, the buildings in the background or something like that. Because a lot of times these were commissioned by very wealthy families, and there was a time limit to get the painting completed and delivered, right? So what AI can do now is determine through brush strokes. Oh, wow, okay. Quality of paint, how thick the paint is or right. how the stroke affects the paint or moves the paint. Right. Whether or not those strokes are all consistent with the same person. Okay. Isn't that fascinating? It is, yeah. And it has been determined that the figure of Joseph was not painted by Raphael. Now, I think art critics are guessing that his associate, Giulio Romano, might have been the one that painted Joseph. But obviously, we can't be sure who it this was. This is like a Maury Povich show. Oh, it's so you fascinating You are not the painter. <laughs> so AI could become a useful resource for art historians, obviously, if you're selling one of these for right, but it doesn't millions tell, of dollars. It doesn't tell the story, though. It tells you if, how authentic it is. If he was assigned to do that at the time the painting was designed. Right. Uh, or if it was done years later. As an afterthought. As an afterthought. It could be. No one knows. I know that I have paintings from my dad, and many of them are unfinished. You can see the faint right. charcoal lines of buildings or people's figures or something that he was going to put into the painting and never got around to right, it. But there's a scientific way that they've used now, I believe for years, through, uh, what is it, x-rays or radiographs, mm -hmm. where you can see the various layers and see what is underneath the paint, the, the particular paint level. Mm -hmm. I mean, where they've found incredible masterpieces under masterpieces that aren't that great. Yeah. Well, it was common in those days. If you had a canvas and you started a work and then it went nowhere, or you lost your creative thinking process or somebody came in and said, hey, so-and-so is going to commission you to do this. Very common for artists to paint over works that they had already started. Not that uncommon. And by, so, and by the way, AI for an, a story for another day, but I will point the obvious out in that uh, painting. That's a very European-looking Mary. It is. I mean, where where was Jesus born? It wasn't in, in Europe. It was the Middle East. Uh, it's it's hard to believe that uh, Mary looks like, you know, an, an artesian girl from France there. Look at her eyes. Anyway, for those of you that want to look it up online, Raphael, the Madonna della Rosa, check it out. And thanks for tuning in today. We love that you listen. We love those of you who are submitting questions, topics that you'd like us to cover. We're going to get to them. So be patient and have a wonderful week and get out there and make it happen.
talking over there, there, trying not to stare, but you like what you see. Mm-hmm. Moonwalking on the air, yeah, it ain't even fair, so on top of the beat. Better listen up, we about to make it happen. So hot, we burn.